0: Coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast.
1: It was pretty intense. I remember one day during the boot camp, I was so nervous. I had a panna cotta, really hot, sitting on the top rack, and Uh I was shaking, and it fell and fell on my head. Oh, no. So I worked there for about two and a half years, moved to New York, really wanted to see what the big city was all about. Um, And in my opinion, it sucked. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Then people would come in. They said, how are you Italian? You don't have meatballs we're leaving so then <laughs> yeah we get that about chicken parmesan all the time so <laughs> oh cool.
2: my god coming to you from saint petersburg florida you're listening to the saint petersburg foodies podcast the show that's the authority on where to eat in saint pete here are your hosts kevin godby and Lori brown
0: hi i'm kevin godby
2: and i'm Lori brown Thank you for tuning in today.
0: Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete.
2: And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should.
0: We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and new episodes will automatically download, and then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work.
2: On today's show, our featured guests are from Il Retorno in downtown St. Pete. We have chef and co-owner David Benstock, and Samaye, and General Manager
0: Ronald Randall. We talked to David and Ronald about their extensive experience in the business, all over the country and the world, how they both worked at the Modern in New York before joining each other at Il Retorno, and we play He Said She Said with David and a clip from his wife Erica when she was previously on the show. We, we have, have a great show, so, so stick
2: around. around. So we all know that Anada, restaurant and wine bar that is, has fantastic food, specials, cheese and charcuterie, and we've talked about that and could go on all day long. But did you know that they have a fantastic happy hour every single day, not just Monday through Friday, but every day that they're open from four to 6 p.m. They have $3 beer, $3 select white and red wines. And then they also run other specials um, on Tuesday all day it's half off of salads, half off of pastas, and half off of flatbreads. And on Sunday Funday, from open till closed, it's half off wine bottles under $100. They have music nights on Monday and Wednesday from six to 9 p.m. And they have fantastic wine, so you, and they're at, almost always at great price points. But they do have, if you'd like to bring your own bottle, you can, for a corkage fee of $25, per bottle, as long as they do not sell that same vintage. So if you have a particular special wine that you have been saving for a special occasion, probably at a higher price point because it would be silly to pay $25, this would be a good time to use that.
0: Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is open at 4 p.m. every day. They are located at 300 Beach Drive in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg.
2: You really must go to Anata.
0: You are back with the Kevin and Lori team on the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. Our guests today are from Lori's number one favorite restaurant, which is Il Il Ritorno. Ritorno, Not Il Returno, like some people incorrectly say, even though it does mean the return. We have co-owner and executive chef David Benstock, along with GM and sommelier Ronald Randall. Welcome,
1: guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Il Ritorno is Lori's number one favorite restaurant. Ben? Before you guys ever opened, uh, the Birch and Vine was my number one favorite when Jason Klein was there. Then you guys opened, and it was kind of a tie for a while for me. Jason Klein has long left the Birch and Vine. Yes, but, but, but now when David won't
2: ask- be leaving over Torno. No. No,
0: <laughs> but but now when people ask me what my, what my favorite is, is kind of like at, when you guys were on the uh, the Cruise Sellers podcast back in last October. Yeah. And, Ronald, you were asked, like, what's your favorite wine? And you were like, it's like asking, you know, it's my favorite kid or something. Yeah. That's how I am when somebody says, what's your number? You guys are my number one along with my other number ones. Gotcha. <laughs> but also, we interviewed oh, a few weeks ago Jason Gordon. He's the executive chef at uh, Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery. And he said that Il Retorno is his number one favorite restaurant. Oh, great. And one of the reasons is because he says, when I'm there, I see Chef David the whole time. He's in the kitchen. He's working. And he had been at other restaurants where the executive chef just kind of like gave marching orders. Yeah. Right. And so. And Nick Ewing, who is in the band uh, Ashley Smith and the Random Occurrence, was also recently on. And Il Retorno is his number one favorite as well.
2: That's this, oh, that's pa- this past mm-hmm. Tuesday's podcast, the one that just yeah. went out. And mm-hmm. he talked about it for a while, even told what his favorite bite was from
0: Il Retorno. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm doing a lot of talking, but don't worry. You guys are going to have a chance in a moment. But uh <laughs> Erica, that's David's wife. For those listening that might not know, she was on episode 12 back in November, and she had one of the most popular shows with a larger than average amount of downloads. But no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. I'm sure I'll hear about that at home. <laughs> <laughs> David, you are originally from St. Pete.
1: Yes, born and raised.
0: You've been all around. You've cooked uh, in restaurants in Miami. Italy was it? Colorado also
1: yeah in Colorado New York San Francisco
0: and another cool little fact is that when you left the modern Ronald started there yeah You guys like just missed
1: each other <laughs> yeah literally we know a lot of the same people but it was probably within a couple months of me leaving Ronald joined on board
0: you and Erica had a similar thing too you were both in Venice at the same time but you didn't meet there that's what she says that's what she said. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's what she yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, David, let's start with a little bit about your background, the uh, Reader's Digest version. Because <laughs> you've yeah. done a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, I was born, like you said, I was born and raised in uh, St. Petersburg. I started in the restaurant industry when I was 13 years old. Before I was in the restaurant industry, I was working for my family's business when I was 12. But they couldn't get me to sit still at a desk for long enough <laughs> to uh, get any work done. <laughs> so they sent me to go work for a friend of a family's restaurant called Villa Galachi on Indian Rocks Beach. So pretty much throughout the end of middle school and high school, I worked there as a back backserver, um, dishwasher, um, um, busser, pretty much anything they needed help with. And then I went to Florida State when I graduated high school. Um, Boo! <laughs> well, they kicked me out, so uh, yeah, I think my parents feel the same. Uh, yeah, and I, it really, um, I went to school for business, and it really wasn't for me. I was uh, working at Outback Steakhouse at the time and got a job, my first like real cooking job at a place called One Fresh Stir Fry. and really loved it, really like had a great passion for what I was doing, a lot of pride in it, um, which... Kind of took all the attention from school to work, and then I stopped going to school. So they uh, thought it was fit to uh, cancel my um, my uh, school there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, from there, I decided you know if I wanted to be if this is what I wanted to do with my life, then I should go to culinary school. Um, so I moved to Colorado where I knew no one. Kind of escaped everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, no distractions. Went to Johnson and Wales in Denver, um, and within two months of being at school there, uh, I got a great opportunity to go work for the Ritz-Carlton in Beaver Creek. took the opportunity, so for about a year and a half, I was doing four days of schooling, uh, 12-hour days, and then the other three days driving two and a half hours to the mountains to go work, 14-hour shifts there, and did that for wow. about a year and a half straight.
0: But that's heavy-duty schedule, but it's pretty cool that you're working while you're you're doing the 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 theory in school stuff and then practicing the, the, exactly the yeah one of the life.
1: one of the great things with that school was that um it was just monday through thursday so it gave um students availability to work uh friday through sunday
0: ah somebody smart came up with that
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah so i got to work for the ritz carlton after about a year of working there the fine dining restaurant had closed and wolfgang puck came in and opened Spago there. And once they did that, I had another great opportunity to go work for Spago. Um, So I was at Spago for about two and a half years. Really kind of taught me everything, the base of everything I needed in my career. I mean, everything from knife skills to organization to um, how to control tickets. They first opened up. They brought in their whole corporate team. I mean, Wolfgang, his corporate chef, and probably like 30 other corporate chefs. Um, that all came in and pretty much gave us a boot camp. And it was pretty intense. I remember one day during the boot camp, I was so nervous. I had a panna cotta really hot sitting on the top rack and Uh-oh. I was shaking and it fell and it fell oh, on my no. head. Oh, no. and it, yeah. And I got covered with a horse. It was a horse rash panna cotta, of course. <laughs> oh, and I'm no. covered in horse rash panna cotta and everyone's just looking at me and I felt so stupid, but Uh, They said, go downstairs, (laughs) take a shower in the sink, come back up. and So I did. I mean, it was intense. We were working uh, about 100, 105 hours a week at the time. Everyone in that kitchen worked um, for about 45 days straight. Uh, So, yeah, like I said, it was very intense training. So I worked there for about two and a half years, moved to New York, really wanted to see what the big city was all about. Um, And in my opinion, it sucked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong the culinary scene's incredible and i miss it and i love it and the amount of passion and and the great chefs and you know produce markets and stuff like that in the city was was amazing and and the amount i was able to learn was amazing but the quality of life was horrible we lived in bedford Stuyvesant, and uh you know two of my roommates got jumped one got held at gunpoint. Another one, pistol whiffs. So it wasn't a, wasn't a great place to be living, but that's all we could afford. Right. Because um, New York, the cooks make, I mean, we were making probably $75, $80 a shift, which was about 14 hours. Wow. Yeah, so it, it was hard living out there. That's why I say New York sucked. Um, right. <laughs> but, like, again, I, I do miss the culinary scene. There's really nothing like it. From there, uh, in New York, I was working at uh, The Modern. Worked there for about a year and a half, year and three quarters moved from there to Italy, where I got to a great opportunity to work in Venice. The family that I worked for when I was in high school, their chef had a uh, nephew that was opening a restaurant in Venice called Trovatore. And so I went up there, got to work with him. Then I got to spend some time traveling around Italy. I spent some time in Calabria in a little town called Cortone. Got to eat some great family fruit, food from the Galachis. After that, I decided to move Back to Florida. A friend of mine was living in Miami, had a spot at the time. So I moved back. The second I moved back, I got another opportunity to go to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of all <laughs> over the place. I was living out of a uh, suitcase. And so I went to San Francisco, got, a, uh, got to work at a restaurant called Quince, mm-hmm. um, which is now a three Michelin star restaurant. And it's a um, like Italian-French um, fusion. It's Italian with a lot of French techniques. It's called um, Quinch. Quince. 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 Yes. Okay. Yeah. The chef there, Michael Tusk, is an incredible chef, very well known chef. And um, really learned a lot about what you can do with Italian cuisine. You know, when I was in Italy, I learned, you know, the basics of Italian cuisine and the flavors, but going to San Francisco and seeing, you know, what you could really do on the next level with it was was great. So after I was done there, I moved back to Miami. I started working at the Fountain Blue at a restaurant called Scarpetta, which is Scott mm-hmm. Condon's restaurant at the time. And there, again, I kind of continued my, I guess, voyage to see what you can do with Italian cuisine and learn more, learn a lot more about what you can do with it besides just the classics and how you can tweak the classics into something modern or new. was there for about two and a half years and then uh, married my wife. Uh, You
2: met there, right? Yes,
1: we met in in, Miami. I
2: was trying to remember Erica's story. He re-listened to it, but I didn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we met down in Miami. Decided once we got married, decided that we really want to move back home and be with my family that lives here. Uh, So we did. We moved back here and uh, started getting the restaurant open, and it's all in the past. Yes.
0: And Ronald, yes, you came down from New York from the Modern. Yes. And I remember Erica was like, uh, when you, your resume crossed the, her desk, she was like, he's from the modern. David, call him right now before somebody else gets him.
3: Yeah, I remember that day. Cause I called, uh, he called up and he's like, hey, is this Ronald? I was like, yeah. He's like, you worked at the modern, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, do you know so-and-so? I was like, yeah. It's like, can you come by Tuesday? i was like yeah man i thought it was great it was funny because i sent over it was on indeed i think that's the i was the only person you ever hired off of indeed and i sent it over to my wife we were living 45 minutes to an hour from the restaurant but i liked the menu i was like i'm gonna send it over there she's like you sure you want to drive an hour i'm like i like the menu sure it's your commute so yeah, came in, met uh, David and Erica. We talked for a while. I was all suited up, tie bar and everything, like coming from New York. And he was like, <laughs> he looked at me like this, he me up and down. He's like, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's Kevin Godby coming to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We actually at one
1: point made him take the tie off.
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah, he was joking later. He like, said to Eric after I left, guy wears tie bars. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I have some
0: tie bars myself. Yeah. So how, how did you get started?
3: Well, it's funny because I've gone in and out of restaurants and I finally went back to it, let's say about 10 years ago and decided just to stay. Um, I'd worked in wine sales, I'd worked in advertising for a little while, mm-hmm. um, bounced around a little bit, but I always just missed the energy of restaurants, you know, hospitality. Did you know several times working as a server, worked as a um, a bar manager, and then finished up all my certifications for sommelier. I ended up working for Morimoto for like five and a half years, and I did the opening Mm -hmm. in Napa and out in Tokyo, and then I was going to do Honolulu. And my then girlfriend, now wife, was like, "No, you're coming home.
0: Get your ass back in my house."
3: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's just an interesting journey, I think, for a lot of people, you know, in this business because. The way it's viewed sometimes is interesting, right? The question that comes up often I mean, when you're working in the front of house in restaurants, people are like, they start talking to you like, so what else do you do? <laughs> and I'm like this. I'd this rather it. enjoy it. You know? But I've always actually really loved hospitality. Um, it's really how I ended up working for Danny Myers. I wanted to go work for him. And uh, the position came up at the Modern. They were changing over regimes, uh, changing chefs, changing up some of the management crew. And I went in as the bar manager there. And uh, spent three years working with them. It was a really great experience. Had so many things you think you know really well, and then you find out, no, no, there's actually way better ways mm-hmm. to do this or to handle right. this. And really excellent program there. Had a great opportunity to work with five master sommeliers at the same time, nice. which was really great, just picking their brain about stuff. And what's really interesting is the higher the people get up when you meet the master Psalms, they are so... Laid back and down to earth about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, you ask them a question and they just like matter of fact answer for it. They're like, "Oh, it's because of this." Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like all the flowers go away from the conversation. Eh, no, you should try this one. Try this ten
0: dollar wine. <laughs> yeah, so, so someday we should have you back and do a, a, a blind tasting. See, see <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I those days I just were thought of it, I just thought of it now. I wish I thought of it before. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, those are actually fun, and it's really fun to watch. Like master psalms get it wrong mm-hmm. you know you're like <laughs> whoa what <laughs> like shatters your, uh, your, your dreams you're like right. I thought you could tell what great lake the water was from
0: alright <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to take a quick break after this word from our sponsors we'll be back and get in more into El uh, Retorno but I also have uh, we have an Erica story that we want to hear David's side of as well <laughs> we'll be right back Keep on One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat.
2: I must admit, when Buya Ramen opened nearly two and a half years ago, I wasn't really all that excited. I really couldn't understand how a restaurant could survive serving just ramen. Boy, was I ever wrong. Of course, all I really knew about ramen was the packaged grocery store noodles that I ate on for really cheap in college. I did not understand that ramen is really a thing, a big thing. Kevin is the lover of all things soup in our household, and he was determined to introduce me. I'm so thankful he did. The broth has a complexity that you can't understand until you try it. It has to cook for hours and hours and for some nearly 24 hours to obtain all of the complex layers. But Booyah isn't just about ramen. It is a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing, with housecrafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey, and izakaya too. Booyah is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. ya,
4: Booyah
0: We are back on the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast with David Benstock, the executive chef of Il Ritorno, and Ronald Randall, the general manager, and sommelier. And I mentioned earlier in the opening that uh, Erica Benstock, David's wife, was on back in November, and she had a little story that we want to get hear your version of. But first, here's, here's the clip.
2: Do you like truffles? It's okay to say no. They have grown on me. They've grown on me too. I was the same way. <laughs> when David first came back from Italy, he brought all these truffles with him. And he said to me, what is your favorite thing to eat? Macaroni and cheese. And he's like, I'm going to make you the world's best macaroni and cheese. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. He's making the cheese. Fancy cheeses all melting together. And I oh, taste it and I taste it. And I run to the store and I come back. And I'm like, what is that? Smell. <laughs> it smells like a dirty foot rubbed in a smelly armpit. Oh,
0: God. That's so funny. And
2: he's like, they're truffles. And I was like, why did you do that? So, what do you have to say in response to that?
1: Well, um,. I guess we're about to do some wife bashing. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Well, the truffles have definitely not grown on her because every time I open the, the thing of truffles, she says it smells like armpits or farts. So, <laughs> she has some delicious smelling farts. Um, yeah. yeah, so it, it, it's pretty ex- exact on how it went down. I was really excited. She told me her favorite thing is mac and cheese. I got four really great cheeses from the store. Made a great sauce, everything, and then like she says, she came home and she's like, "What is that smell?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's a truffle." And exactly, she said, "Well, why did you do that to it?" And I was like, "You don't, you never had a truffle?" You, she's like, "No, that that smells horrible," and it like crushed my dreams right then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I really liked you before you said that." <laughs> now, um, so now it's kind of like a running joke, uh, but definitely. Uh, She definitely has some uh, some weird eating habits, as her (laughs) mom told me when we first started dating that she is a waste of a chef's wife. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's
0: actually in. She she said said that. that, Yeah,
1: that that happened. Um,
2: Yeah, I'm stunned you married her.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely interesting. For a while, um, we used to make two different dinners every night because I didn't want to eat vegetarian or. You know, the way she ate. Right. And after a while, you know, I just started making my dinner, and she just started fending for herself.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's hysterical. And now with the kids, I make dinner for the kids, and uh she kind of figures it out. <laughs> well,
2: to her credit, she says she does try most everything. Is that true?
1: She does. Okay. When she's in the mood. When she's in the mood. She did have a medium rare steak at Burns the other day, which, like, blew my mind. Wow. But... She, in her head, thought it was medium. I, I wasn't going to tell her it was medium right. So And that, that, even medium's impressive because she normally orders it medium well-to-well. Well. So, oh, no. So, you know, God. baby steps. Ten years later, you know, a little baby step.
0: Okay, so what are you doing with the sourdough?
1: Oh, the sourdough. See, I, you, don't, uh, you don't post a lot on Facebook. You're following <laughs> me on Facebook. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, we had asked if anyone had a sourdough starter and Josh from Manada. Um, brought me a starter they had and, um, great flavor and we're going to keep feeding it and eventually use it for a sourdough spetzel that oh. I want to do with a uh, chicken liver, uh, currants and mustard greens, which I'm sure people are going to just, um, think that's an odd combination yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think I'm it in. might be disgusting, but it's going to be delicious. I swear. So it'll be a sourdough spetzle, which nice. will have really nice flavor. Yeah.
0: Awesome. When, and when is that, When uh, when you think you'll have that?
1: probably in about a week and a half. In a week and a half, we're changing our menu again. Um, uh, Me and my sous chef are going out to Chicago on Saturday to the NRA show, not the rifle show, but the restaurant show. (laughs) Um, So when we get back, we're gonna completely change the menu again, which will be our third menu change for spring. During spring, we like to um, split up the menus three different times Mm -hmm. of the season. Um, Beginning of season, when we start getting like our stinging nettles in, Mm -hmm. um, and we still have a little bit left over from winter, and then, Uh, Midspring when all the mushrooms are just going crazy. The morels, um, the black trumpet mushrooms, the cordyceps, uh, ramps are starting to come in season. We got fava beans. I
0: ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti.
1: Fiddlehead ferns, all the great stuff. And now we're going to be transitioning into our... Our end of spring menu, you know, where we still have rams, sting and nail, and that stuff are gone, but now we're introducing tomatoes and slowly we'll be introducing corn and stuff like that into When are the squash blossoms? (laughs) <laughs> they'll probably be coming the next week and a half <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. See, I remember all this. Yes. Stuff. Yes. Yes. We
2: just had fiddlehead ferns for the very first time. Oh, nice. I mean, I don't know if I've ever had it at Ritorno before, but um, at Grace Restaurant oh, nice. this past weekend, I didn't even know what it was, but they're delicious. Yeah,
1: they're really good. What are you
2: doing with them on your menu?
1: So right now they're not on the menu anymore, but we are doing it with our uh, flounder. Um, nice. so we're just uh, hard sear sauteing them with some garlic, olive oil, and just some seasoning. Yeah. yeah. And
2: that's all they
0: need. Cause yeah. they have such good flavor.
1: Yeah. A lot of those ingredients, especially the wild forage stuff we bring in during the spring, we don't really try and like over like mask any of the flavors on it. You know, we're spending a lot of money and, and they're really fresh and coming straight to us from being foraged. So we really try and let their natural flavor mm-hmm. kind of speak for themselves. That's
0: great. Yeah. And just a programming note, uh, The new menu stuff will be out while you are listening to this episode. We we record a little bit in advance, so it'll be right around the the week of this episode. Absolutely.
2: So, make sure you get in there and try it. Well, we also want to say congratulations to Chef David for winning the very first midnight chef's fight at oh, El Retorno. Thank,
1: thank you. Yeah, it was a blast. We had a great time.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was great. You competed against Cena's. Yeah, Michael, Michael. Butter
1: Cavoli from Shana.
2: Thank you. I knew I wasn't going to get no, that last y- name right. <laughs> you're good. No,
1: it, it, it was awesome. It was the first one. Um, the two secret ingredients were monkfish liver and peanut butter. Oh, wow. Um, so, we were, we were throwing a pretty big challenge. Um, and. It was one hour to create two dishes and him and I actually both created four dishes. Wow um, Yeah, it was uh, We kind of were overachievers I guess on that But it was great <laughs> Nice friendly battle Michael and I Are really good friends So, you know It was fun to Kind of have the battle And the, the shit talking Beforehand And mm-hmm. during And then we even At one point Took a shot together Yeah In the middle of it So, I mean <laughs> As much of it, It's like, you know A me versus you thing It also kind of Brings us together
2: Absolutely It yeah. was fun to watch Because you had A live webcam going Yep And I, we couldn't be there That night Which I was sad about But I, I I watched that webcam, not the whole thing. I was kind of fast forwarding through yeah, you know, parts, yeah. but I caught the part where you said, two shots, please." Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was really a blast. There was so much energy. We had uh, Jeff Philbin, yes. um, who was on Master Chef. He was the MC. I mean, people were screaming. There was never it was, it was never a dull moment during it. Everyone was screaming. It was awesome.
2: It looked like so much fun. So the next one's coming up on June eighth. Yes, and that's uh, Chef Chris Fernandez of yep. Red Mesa Restaurants versus I Courtney
1: I, from Haven. Right, the Chef's mm-hmm. cuisine in Haven. So that's gonna be nice. another great battle. Yeah, um, two different types of uh, you know of culinary cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And um, that's
0: at Il Retorno also?
1: Yes. All the midnight chef fights are all going to be at Il right. Retorno.
0: And this is for a charity?
1: Yeah. So this the first one we raised money for um, St. Pete Free Clinic. Um, this next one we're raising money for uh, Relay for Life. Nice. Um, and it's pretty much the chefs that are competing get to choose where the money is going towards. So it's it's really, it's going towards a great cause in many different ways. And the
2: doors open at 11 and you buy your entrance at the door, correct? Yes. $20 so a person.
1: First come, first serve. Mm-hmm. This last one, we let, I think it was 95 people in. Wow. The, one, the next one, we're going to allow more people, probably about 125, because we do have a video crew and projectors that are going to be everywhere. So the video crew will follow the chefs in the kitchen. And so everyone will have great footage and be able to see everything.
2: But you you didn't do that the first time. Before?
1: No, the first okay. one uh, it was just
2: the webcam that was was just stationary. the webcam.
1: Yes, How and uh, and it was great. It was enough, but you know we found a, a big demand, a lot of people that wanted to come. And in order um, to accommodate that, that's our kind of solution for it. Nice. Um, I do recommend anyone coming probably get there an hour in advance. Um,
2: At eleven, you mean. Or at, at
1: 10. 10. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, this next one, I think, is there's going to be a line out the door. I think um, you're right. Yeah, a lot of great feedback. I mean, there's really nothing like it. And to see um, these amazing chefs compete and mm-hmm. in, at midnight, you know, it's fun.
2: And this is something you and Eric had been talking about for a while, correct?
1: Yeah, we'd been wanting to do this for a really long time. then um, when we expanded... Not even really, this wasn't the reason why we created the kitchen like this, but we looked at the kitchen, we were like, it'd be perfect right. for a battle because we have two sides of the kitchen that pretty much replicate each other. Mm-hmm. That's so, cool. Yeah, it works out great.
2: So how much did you raise this past time?
1: Uh, 2500 That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah well, Not congratulations. You won by two points. Yep. And poor... Chef Michael got reamed for, ha- for having too salty of food or something on yeah, the last dish.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he, he had uh, grabbed the salt instead of the sugar for a second oh, dish. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still sending me texts like, fucking salt. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. But yeah,
1: but it, it was great. I mean, it was, I was really impressed with the food he put out. And uh, I mean, to do four dishes with peanut butter, monkfish, I mean, yeah. it's not easy. Especially oh, yeah. when, especially when everyone's screaming. You're trying to think of a dish. Everyone's screaming. Chef Philbin's asking you questions yeah. in a microphone. And there's there's really no focus. Like, you're trying to focus, but it's almost impossible. What, to.
2: Just tell us one of the dishes you created with that.
1: Um, uh, What did we do? Uh, I did the ants in the log. Um, so uh, this was the peanut butter dish. Um, I took some asparagus, hollowed it out, cut it in half, hollowed it, charred it. And then we did peanut butter and uh, caviar with uh, asparagus citronette and a, uh, I think it was a peanut butter balsamic kind of asparagus and peanut butter yeah it came out really good yeah then we did a risotto with monkfish liver and peanut butter white wine and uh, charred ramps (laughs) wow yeah
2: wow that's great
1: yeah we even whipped out some fresh pasta too
2: and you have a cash bar running throughout this event yeah are your servers there like taking orders from people yeah
1: so we have bartenders there um Mm -hmm. to grab drinks and we have a couple drinks that um where we've gotten some donations from some of the liquor wraps and 100% of the proceeds from those drinks go straight to um, the charity. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. so June 8th, Il Ritorno, be there at 10 or else. I'm getting there at (laughs) 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 9. Yeah. And so we should talk about Il Ritorno. You know, it actually shocks me when every once in a while I'll be talking to somebody and I'll mention Il Ritorno and they'll be like, oh, I haven't been there. I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> i didn't I, I seriously didn't think there was anybody that hasn't been to Il Retorno, but it turns out I was wrong about that so anybody listening if you haven't been now's the time to go and here's here's yeah. here's, here's a few reasons why you should go Well, actually all the food is all the reasons but um, <laughs> the the first time that we were ever there a few years ago, I guess um, go ahead, just the chicken story
2: Oh, right. well, let me start by saying I knew about Il Retorno because I was actually involved in a real estate transaction when um, David's parents bought a townhouse and I met everybody at, it was the townhouse you guys lived in for a while. And I, I was there at the closing and everyone's talking about El Retorno, so awesome, El Retorno, Il Retorno. Il and um, I had to bug Kevin, I'm not kidding, for two or three months to take me there because he was so in his birch and vine and this yeah. and this and that. <laughs> and then the very first time we went, I remember um, our server, who's no longer there anymore. uh, She said to me, well, if you can't decide, pick the dish that has the the sides that you like the most. Like, hmm, I never thought of that before. I said, well, that would be the chicken dish, but I don't order chicken in a restaurant. And she said, it'll be the best chicken you've ever had in your life. And it was, and it still and is, still and you added, know I still yeah. order wow. that dish to this day.
0: Yeah, and we were also.
2: I compare but, every chicken
0: to yours.
1: Yeah. Every every chicken yeah. I had. Well, have you anyway. might get upset because we did change the style <gasps> of how we cooked that chicken. Uh oh. <laughs> hmm. All right, I'll
0: have to check it out.
1: <laughs> but it is going back to that in a little bit after after this next menu. Okay.
0: Cool. So, I don't so, mind trying it different if you think yeah. it's good. Yeah, also the, the charred octopus is a big item. Yeah. Right. That, big seller, isn't that one yeah. of your best sellers?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's one of the dishes. Uh we've kept charred octopus on our menu since day one. Mm-hmm. Different setup every season, different, you know, right. accoutrements, different sauces, different vegetables, but the same chart octopus.
0: Because you guys always go with whatever is fresh in season. Exactly. That's how things evolve on the menu. And some things stay, some things go, but there's a few things that will always be there, like the chicken, the octopus. And I could be wrong about this, but I think you guys were the first restaurant to have octopus in downtown St. Pete. And then, after a while, it seemed like everybody jumped on the bandwagon.
1: It's like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't go to a restaurant without octopus being yeah, on the every, menu. everyone has octopus now. It's one of those things where, like, well, everyone has it. Why don't we take it off? But, you know, I think it's just one of but the things. But not everyone has you, it like you make it. Yeah, I think feel like it's just one of those things that, you know, people really, when they come to the restaurant, they want to they wanna see.
2: I did notice the last time we were there in April that the Caprese salad was missing.
1: Yes, because... Uh, You know we we fought this for about four and a half years during the winter the tomatoes are horrible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but everyone we tried taking off once but everyone kind of got upset about it but this year they were the tomatoes were coming in during winter and they were they were really bad i mean they were tart they had this really thick skin they were chewy to eat and it was like I am not happy serving this, and,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I understand there's going to be people that are upset that, hey, you're in an Italian restaurant. How do you not have a caprese? Right. But um, we decided to keep the burrata and just do a dish based on the burrata instead and, and sticking to what's in season. So we were doing um, pickled banana peppers, black trumpet mushrooms, some charred Brussels, and then we did, like, um, brown butter bana cotta, which is, like, an anchovy garlic sauce. Um and truthfully, I don't think we heard any, uh, Not any a peep. Yeah, any comments about people <laughs> upset about it? So that was good. good. I mean, we. Were I like, noticed, but I didn't. We call fought it. that forever. <laughs>
0: yeah, and the burrata is great. And actually, before we talk about uh, some more food items and, and the wine, we're going to get into, of course, too. Also, for anybody that doesn't know, we should uh, let them know how unique Il Ritorno is. What the concept is, because I don't think anybody's doing exactly what you guys do.
1: Yeah. So. Um you know, we consider ourselves modern Italian in a couple of different ways. And the fact that we're not sticking to the old traditional dishes, it's not so much that we're doing, you know, you know, this um, modern gastronomy, that we're doing this molecular gastronomy or anything, but we are taking old school dishes, flavors, and kind of doing our own twists and, and throwing a little bit of uniqueness into it, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things I – I think I read this on your website – uh, something to the effect of you know uh, most people think of Italian food as being rustic and part of what you guys do you make it a little more elegant yeah and, we, and refine and we refine it we refine it a little
1: yeah. bit absolutely mm-hmm. you know dishes are a little bit more composed they're meant to eat certain ways um, absolutely
2: Right. Yeah. And they're not meant to be served in huge portions where you have to take them home.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, a pasta portion for us is about four ounces of pasta, which in our opinion is is a perfect a perfect yeah. portion. Yeah. yeah you're right. not going to a restaurant and getting a huge bowl that's toppled over, you know. Right. Right.
0: And you guys make fresh pasta. There's t- sometimes uh, when we are walking by early in the morning, we can see either you or somebody else in there making fresh pasta mm-hmm. uh you don't get that everywhere around here and, nope. and it's not spaghetti and meatballs but one of the somewhat newer items i don't know might might, a might be coming up a, a year old now but the smoked meatballs is one of my favorites
1: yep that's something another thing we fought having a red sauce on the menu for about three years <laughs> yeah finally put our bucatini pomodoro then people would come in they said how are you italian you don't have meatballs we're leaving." So then, oh. yeah, we get that about chicken parmesan all the time. Too. Oh, oh really. my
2: God. So, so then we're
1: like, you know what? Let's um, put a bar snack on as meatballs. Let's mm-hmm. try it. So cool. it's a smoked meatball stuffed with piave, deep fried, and then served with the smoked pomodoro sauce. And it was on the bar snack for about four days. People in the dining room were asking, can I wear that? Can I wear that? And finally we're like, you know what? It's going on the menu. And
0: how do you uh, get them crispy on the outside?
1: Uh, we we bread them, so yeah, okay. we stuff it with a block of Piave cheese, and then we do like a standard breading procedure. Yeah, these aren't cool. these aren't
2: your average meatball. These are not what you no, Im- imagine. No, they're not your Nana's no.
1: meatballs. You know, they're
2: awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're different, but really good.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very very good. And then you have your staple, like the short rib mezzaluna, which you could probably get beheaded if you took off your Uh (laughs) you
1: know know, it's funny we thought about for a long time taking the short mezzaluna off just because i was sick of making it i think we calculated (laughs) that since we've been open we've made like 1.5 something million pieces of these mezzalunas and it's not a machine it's a hand literally i mean it's hand rolled it's hand formed Everything about it. So, I mean, we had one event when we did the St. Pete wine or St. Pete food and wine and food, one of those, Mm -hmm. um, festival. We made 8,000 Mezzalunas just for this festival.
0: Wow.
2: And I love it that you bring your kids in to make pasta with you. Don't you do that on Saturdays or used yeah, to? Yeah,
1: when I I mean, making pasta is a very loose term. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> My son, Ethan, every piece that he makes, he eats. Right. Raw, or puts raw, in his pocket. Raw. Or puts in his pocket. Yeah, he eats it raw. <laughs> oh, geez. Like literally, he makes it, forms it, sticks it in his mouth. Goes, mm, this is yummy pasta. <laughs> it's
0: like uh, pasta sushi. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
1: disgusting. We all look at him like, what? Are no, no. <laughs>
3: Yeah, your kids are so cute.
0: (laughs) So, uh, Ronald, let's hear about the uh, wines at Il Ritorno.
3: So, you know, the approach to wine, the wine program is pretty similar to the way he's approaching the food. I mean, I have a core of Italian wine there, but there are so many reasons and options and flavor profiles and types of produce that we use that aren't indigenous to Italy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that, I bring in... A broader palette of wines to go with what he's doing and we work pretty well together that way when he's putting together a recipe I'm like I have three wines in mind all right let's try these three real quick and we get the dish, and it's like this one you know that's our go-to somebody demands to get a red wine with this fish dish do this one so right but a lot of the pairing of it of the wines um, you know like our natural inclination most of the time is to go right for the protein Mm -hmm. and you have to consider it but I like to go for what the other flavor profile the set is those you know tertiary notes to use a wine term right what those are and when you pair to those you generally get a better pairing mm-hmm. a little more depth and it tends to stick with you for mm-hmm. the, re- you know, the t- entire time you're eating the dish and i think it's important you know when you're pairing stuff if you're having people over if it's something you've made before and you're thinking about a wine it's good to eat the whole dish with the wine the whole way to make sure that it's not exhausting or it starts to overpower what you're eating eventually or disappears as you get deeper into a dish because the dish is too rich for the wine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we look at a lot of those things that way. Right.
2: Interesting. Your story is kind of similar to how I was supposed to order my food (laughs) the first time I went. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, and another thing I like, too, is uh, one time we were there and we were saying, well, gee, I I like this kind of wine. It's one of my favorite types. And you're able to say, well, if that's the case, then you will also like this, this, and this that you never heard of. Right. So you learn about new stuff, get to try new stuff, and we love doing that.
3: Well, that's, you know, the fun part for me is, you know, when you put a new wine in front of somebody, they find out they like. Because, you know, I mean, when I was younger, I knew I liked wine. But before I started really studying it, I had like five go-to wines. You know, right. and then when you start to get introduced to more and more stuff, you're like, wow, what is this, right. you know, right? And it's always fun to see that moment with somebody in the restaurant.
0: You know, yeah, one of my discoveries a few years ago, I was talking to a friend uh, on the phone who's really into wine. And he, he said, Viognier, mm-hmm. And I, I went into a, a wine store and I went right to that section. And the owner immediately came over thinking, I know I must know stuff about wine <laughs> because I went to the Viognier. <laughs>
3: No, that's I funny. enjoy Viognier. Uh, you know, it's, it's got a heft, but it doesn't have, it's not overpowering. It's sort of like um, flowers on top of like a basket of melon. You know? awesome.
0: oh. oh, that's a nice description. <laughs> huh. what, what, what's your, what, what is one of your favorite slurries? Uh, Sauvignon Blanc? Yes. Okay, I want to hear Ronald describe that one.
3: With Sauvignon Blanc? Well, the good thing with Sauvignon Blanc is it's super versatile, right? Right. High acidity. A lot of like bright notes, goes with a lot of spring stuff, but it's also a wine that's pretty easy to just sit there and drink on its own. Mm-hmm. It plays well with others because of that that bright acidity. So, right. I mean, you can have it with something light, like a seafood dish. Um, it's not afraid of citrus, right. you know, so if that's, uh, you know, something that's, that's incorporated. Um, so, yeah, and also happens to be like my wife's favorite single varietal. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love
2: cool. dry Riesling, too. People... <laughs> There's so many people out there that don't know there is a dry Riesling. but
3: Yeah, they don't all taste like sugar and rubber. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. exactly. there are some that are so funky. I'm like, I'm glad you guys like that, but I can't do it.
0: Yeah. Okay, I, w- I want to just uh, mention a couple more menu items and then end with a uh, chef lightning round with David. Right. And the first question I've been dying to ask you, but and I think I know what the answer is going to be. But anyway, <laughs> we, we did mention the spring ramp uh, tagliatelle, right? The capellini nero, shrimp, tarragon dust, or no spicy Calabrese sopracetta. The Oh, man, the braised lamb spaghetti is yes. awesome.
2: Is this I all think, still on the menu? We could just be like... No, liking, it is on the menu. Oh, he's yeah.
1: rattling stuff off that's no. not even on. <laughs> People are going to start coming in asking for stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, okay. So, yeah, check out Il Ritorno. They are on the 400 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete, specifically 449 Central Avenue. And here we go with a lightning round. Ready? They're either or questions. All right. Olive oil or butter? Olive oil. Okay. Makes sense. Italian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny. When we get new cooks in that have come from French restaurants, I tell mm-hmm. them, you know how you use butter? So now you're going to use olive oil in the same way that you use butter. Right. It's Italian cook. Exactly.
0: Lemon or lime? Lemon. Pickles. Dill or sweet? Sweet.
3: Ew. Gross. <laughs>
0: Wow, okay. Wow. Ranch or blue cheese?
1: Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on what, but i uh, say blue cheese.
0: Okay. Bacon or sausage? Bacon. Cheddar or Swiss? Swiss. Ribeye or filet mignon? Ribeye. Okay. That's it.
2: You surprised me <laughs> with a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I really did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, something else I was going to say, too, is salt, fat, acid, heat. I think if Samin didn't do it first... You should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Have you seen that series?
1: I've seen a little bit of it, yeah. Yeah. That's
0: good. yeah. Have you seen the Salt episode?
1: No, I haven't. Oh,
0: oh you have to see it. You have yeah. to watch it. It's on Netflix. She is not afraid to use the salt, and she talks about all, all, there's all different types of salt. And one of your tricks that we learned, I think the first time I heard about it, was on uh, Meet the Chef video series that you did with uh, Candace. She's our announcer for the show, by the way.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah very nice
0: uh, lady. One of your tricks is the salted pasta water. What I've been doing it's all the time is one of your secret just, ingredients. When I'm done, oh, making, yeah. when I'm done making the pasta, thing. I dump it. No, bad, oh, bad, you see, bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Put a cup to the side and put some in it. Oh, yeah. 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 No, because that, um, that brings all the pasta together. Even at the restaurant at the beginning of the night, the pastas aren't as nice as they are later. I mean, not that they're not nice. Um, but they are a little bit different later on in the night when that water gets very, um, a lot starchy, and, and that brings the sauces together. Right. Lot, yeah.
2: You know, when I was growing up, my mom told me to salt the water because it makes it boil faster. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no idea I was supposed to be putting so much salt in there because I just put a little bit in to make it boil. Now I know,
0: and I, yeah, it's so much better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's funny. I know.
0: <laughs> so David and Ronald, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, Thanks for having so us. The website is com located at 449 Central Avenue, downtown St. Pete. We will be right back with Mallory Moyer right after this word from our sponsor. Have you checked out the new seafood place on Beach Drive yet? You know, Altomari Fish Bar? It's not the standard type of seafood place around here. They fly in fresh stuff from all over the world, and it's not a Florida-themed joint. It's an elegant, European-inspired menu, but it's not pretentious or overpriced. Here's what some Yelpers had to say. The food was outstanding, the service was excellent. We went the small plates route, sharing four. Light, fresh, sweet, sour, and savory touches balancing nicely on each plate. Every dish was splendid, we'll go back for sure. My group especially liked the crab arancini and scallops with corn salsa. However, I do not eat seafood. There were plenty of options for me. The lemon chicken was very good, and the cheese filo underneath was to die for. Salt and vinegar french fries are my new favorite fry. They come with the lobster roll, which my friend really enjoyed as there was light mayo and big lobster chunks. Another one says, we opted to share several small plates rather than getting full entrees. A dozen raw west Coast great. Marrow topped with tuna tartare, great. Cobia collar, great. Beef carpaccio, great. And octopus, great. I guess everything was great. The recommended wine was good and paired well with seafood. The flavors were delicious and the service was prompt. Check out Altomari Fish Bar at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They are open every day at 4 p.m.
1: This is Chris Walker.
2: Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, our musical guest is Mallory Moyer. Mallory has established herself as a highly regarded performing artist in the Tampa Bay area, appearing at a variety of venues like Ruth Eckerd Hall, Concerts in Your Home, Cocktail lounges, breweries,
0: and more. We will feature the song Where Do We Go From Here from the EP Solo Going after Mallory answers the Fast Five Foodies questions.
2: Welcome to the show, Mallory. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Are you ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? I'm so excited. Yes, I'm ready. All right, here's the first one What's your favorite food?
4: I've been thinking about this. My favorite (laughs) food. (laughs) So I will always say pizza. I like pizza. I like it. But if I'm being really serious about this, I have to say, um, I can't pick one, but either Vietnamese pho Mm -hmm. or um, Thai food. Nice. Thai curry. Mm -hmm. Two very good choices. I kind of picked three there. I'm sorry. Do you have a
2: particular curry that you favor?
4: I always get green curry. My mom gets yellow and my sister gets the red. And I tried the yellow and I might switch over to yellow. So that's Penang and that's my favorite. Yes. If you mix Mm -hmm. them
0: all together, you get brown.
2: Boy <laughs> That'd probably be delicious <laughs> What's your least favorite food Celery
4: Really <laughs>
0: it's, it's, it's useless unless you have peanut butter
4: even with peanut butter, I cannot handle it. Of the Why is that? Is it uh... it's the taste? I could. I don't care about texture so much. It um, Doesn't bother me. Like my mom hates mushrooms because of the texture. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, I literally like any food except for celery, and I probably wouldn't eat veal liver and stuff like that. Mm-hmm.
2: But I, interesting because I don't yeah. think celery has any flavor.
4: I think it's disgusting. It's okay. Uh-huh. I, I hate cilantro. I can't eat cilantro at all. Oh, my so. gosh. Cilantro is the most wonderful herb. Oh. That would be one of my there, favorites. There, it there tastes like, like
0: soap. There go our chances of getting a sponsorship from the American <laughs> Celery Association. There you oh, go. Jesus.
4: But the the weird thing is I drink celery juice all the time. So I, like, force myself to do the celery juice because it's good for you. Mm-hmm. But I hate the flavor. And so that's just a fun fact.
0: What the hell? I'm going to agree with you that that's weird. That yeah. is, I know, weird.
4: I know it's my least favorite food. You should just
2: mix it with alcohol. That would,
0: <laughs>
4: Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> so what's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete?
4: I've been thinking about, I knew you're going to ask me that one too. I've Did been you thinking listen about to this. a podcast before? I it. didn't, but I was like, what are the, they're probably going to ask me what my favorite restaurant in St. Pete is. And can I name a few? That's sure. Oh gosh. Um I always love hawkers mm-hmm. and um, their wings I'm, I eat vegan sometimes, so anybody out there who's listening that is like, wait, I thought she was vegan. I'm more of like, you know, flexible. It's called flex eating, where mm-hmm. you eat 80% vegan and then 20% meat and dairy sometimes. Mm-hmm. So Hawkers and then uh, Bodega, mm-hmm. they have a vegetarian Cuban. That's great. Mm-hmm. Those might be my two top picks. Nice.
2: Okay. Yeah. And salt or pepper? Salt. Nice. That's mine. Kevin loves pepper, <laughs> and
4: can you cook? I can, but I don't super often. But I always like baking more. Mm-hmm.
2: But so, what do you bake?
4: Oh, I could bake like I love doing Christmas cookies mm-hmm. or just cupcakes, something simple. But with the vegan kick that I'm on, there's a um, a woman who has a blog on raw cooking, and so she's got some raw baking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm. recipes which you can't cook it so Mm -hmm. i wonder i wanted to give it a try because i I love like making a cake i used to make i've made a cake in the shape of a camera oh wow uh, before and so i like to get creative with baking why a camera uh he was a photographer Ah, okay and so he's into cameras so So i I did
0: raw baking when i was a kid it's called easy bake oven
4: (laughs) I did that one too. <laughs> <laughs> they still have those? <laughs> they might. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm not either. <laughs> it was many years ago.
0: <laughs> so, round of applause for Mallory. Yay. She got all you. the questions right because there's no right answers. <laughs> so, one day I'm on Facebook and I get a notification that says Mallory Moyer has asked you to like her page. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to like her page. Because for some reason, i had been seeing you scrolling by. Like I'm like, okay, this is like the 10th time I'm seeing her. And now she wants me to like her page. I got to do it. Oh and God. then I screen captured it because I was, I was doing something else. I, I didn't feel like, like doing like making notes and stuff. So I said, I'm going to screen capture this. So it will, re- will remind me to have you on the show. Cool. So, and that screen capture has been sitting there for like a couple of months. And Lori comes over one day and.
2: I had been at lunch ironically at cider press a vegan restaurant or vegetarian vegan whatever anyway um and i was with uh my client jason he said you know you have this podcast of local musicians you have to get mallory moyer on the show she's awesome she's great we saw her blah 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 he says he met you about two years ago at black crow coffee and he came up and introduced himself to you so you probably don't remember i'm not putting you on the spot but Anyway, he told yeah. me that's where he met you and he just is very impressed by your music. So I, I of course I come back to Kevin and say that you need to get in touch with Mallory Moyer. And you no. said his name is Chase. Jason. Oh, Jason. Jason, Jason Murray. Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, I found her first.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so cool that somebody referred me and that I wonder how you originally got my uh my uh, well, now invite that,
2: now that we're hmm. Um, he's we're liking a lot of local musicians and friending them. It's probably it all tied into that. So yes. it's the
0: secret Facebook algorithm yes. to control your life. Things
4: right. connect. <laughs> it's exactly. it's amazing. Yeah, with all the locals here and when friends of friends of friends, you never know. That's exactly. A, and his last name was Murray. Murray. M U R R A. looking him up right now. I am. <laughs>
0: Even though nobody ever comes up to her and introduces themselves. I know.
2: That's why I said I'm sure you probably don't remember, but
4: <laughs> it happens. Yes. It happens.
0: So while you're looking that up, we are going to feature the song, Where Do We Go From Here? You have a lot of great songs. That one happened to be my favorite. Out of the, out of, well, out of the four that I listened to the other day.
4: And that's the one I have uh, a very, very dear friend of mine create a music video for that song. Yeah. I me. actually watched the video. It's awesome. awesome. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Yes, and so I'll, I'll put in a plug for his name, Christian Sab.
0: Good video job, Christian. Photography. Yeah. And obviously, you can find that on YouTube. And I'll put it up actually on our on our show page when we put the blog post out for the podcast next week. I will put that on there. Is
2: awesome. he who you made the camera cake for?
4: That was a long, long time ago <laughs> okay. now. It just happens to be yeah, a different well, photographer. You, you could
0: still make him one, though.
4: <laughs> I could. I could. <laughs> and
0: we find you online at MalloryMoyer.com. Yes. Also on Facebook. At facebook.com slash the Mallory Moyer. Not the fake one. (laughs) (laughs) And tell us a little little bit about the song before we play it.
4: Actually, it's interesting that you chose that song because that's the song that I wrote while living in St. Pete. And it's kind of about St. Pete. That's awesome. It's perfect that you like that one the best. And so it says, where do we go from here? Smile from ear to ear. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, talking to the partner that you're with and saying like, what's next? What's yet to come? Where are we going to go from here? Cause mm-hmm. you never know. And where you are in the present just feels stagnant sometimes. And, uh, it's like, what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And, but we're going to keep smiling from mm-hmm. ear to ear and having a good time and right, Talking about bonfires and riding bicycles and just enjoying St. Pete and enjoying living here. Nice. Yeah.
0: And it's a fun song. Yeah. Thanks. Here we are with, where do we go from here by Mallory Moyer. Comments from uh, last week's show with uh, Tom Woodard from Pom Poms. Lisa Apple says, love Pom Poms. Sally Gage says, oh my God, Tom, you are awesome. Mike Jackson says, best place to enjoy great food on Central Avenue. Linda Ferguson says, love the food and decor at Pom Poms. New items since last week on stpetersburgfoodies.com. We have the full review of Sophia's Cucina and Inoteca, and it was amazing Italian food. Try the swordfish try the lasagna, the sausage and peppers, and the meatballs. Everything is really amazing there. Next week on the podcast, we have Bill Giorgio, the owner of the Berg Bar and Grill and the Berg Diner. You can email us at lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com. And if you want to listen to us on the go, we are on all of the podcast apps out there, most notably Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Player FM. You can also listen to us on your voice-activated home assistant, such as Apple HomePod, Amazon Echo, and Google Home.
4: This is Laura Riley of The Washington Post, and you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening.
2: Thanks to our guests, David Benstock
0: and Ronald Randall.
2: And thanks to our sponsors,
0: Buya Ramen,
2: Anada Restaurant and Wine Bar,
0: their sister restaurant, Altomari Fish Bar,
2: and Engine Number 9, where, where you can, can get, get some, some of the best hot dogs in St. Pete.
0: Pete. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band.
2: We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com.
0: If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating. And also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot
2: and your bubbly cold.
1: That's what she said? That's what she said. Michael. Michael, Michael, please.